Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You're listening to Achtung Rural, broadcasting from the beautiful South Birmingham. Accept no substitute. Huge welcome to a very special edition of Afton Millwall. Joining me tonight is my co-host, Mr. Neil Andrews. How excited are you, Neil? Um, I'm very excited. <laughs> We've got a very, very special guest for you, listeners. Um, one of the most exciting players um, I've ever seen in a Millwall shirt. One of the most talented um, wingers, forwards. 114 appearances for the Lions between 1975 and 78. 26 goals, a man who could do things that um, took my breath away on the halfway line terrace. It is the one and only Mr. Trevor Lee. Welcome to the show, Trevor. Uh, hello, Nick. It's wonderful to have you on here, mate. Um, we did a, a test call. We're on Zoom, listeners. And I did a test call with Trevor yesterday in my back garden. And I, I said to him then, um, it's really strange to be talking to you. The last time I saw you, I was standing on the halfway line terrace watching you. Um, you were a very, very talented player, Trevor. How did you? Did was that natural? Did you were you coached to to be so inventive, or was it was it your natural um, you know way of playing? How did how, how did you come to be the player that you were? Would you say? I think um, it was natural. Um, <clears throat> not much coaching in those days, was there? Really? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I suppose not. No, I mean. No. Most of it was sort of like when I was younger, um, most of it was sort of like um, get you to uh, a coaching station, apparently, uh, and then <laughs> you'd, play, you'd play five sides all, all, all evening, you know what I mean? Uh, there, wasn't no, there wasn't no ball skills and all that sort of stuff, you know. It was, it was, so, you know, you, you kind of picked it up kicking around with, with friends, school, I take it? Did, were you, did you shine at school in football? Yeah, yeah, school, uh, played for the school team. Played for um, uh, South London, the right. school, uh, Surrey. You played for Surrey as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just picked up from there and just carried on playing at school, you know? Right. I mean, when I spoke to Phil, Phil Walker, in that, one of our previous shows, listeners, another masterful player from, from this wonderful season, 1975-76, um, I mean, he, he was playing for Epsom. I think you both joined from Epsom at the same time, didn't you? You both signed for Millwall from Epsom and Ewell, non-league yeah. side. That's correct, yeah, that's correct. How did you, I mean, were you aware of interest in, from professional clubs prior to signing for the Lions, or, or were you were you pretty much a, a non-league player, so to speak? Not really, no. I, uh, <laughs> my first professional club I went to was uh, Crystal Palace. Right. Uh, I went training with them uh, two nights a week, and uh, but I never liked it there. It uh, it was it was one of those situations <laughs> where where um, it was it was in the middle of winter, and uh, the nights were pulling in, um, and uh, the the training sessions was like get you there, and then you all ent- ended up in a gym, you know, right? Lifting weights, lifting weights, and uh, all that sort of stuff. Okay. Uh, and there wasn't too much to do with the ball, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I got pretty bored with that, you know, as you can imagine, you know. You know <laughs> that's, that's, that's football like, and, uh, and you never see a ball. 
so their, their their philosophy was built on physical strength and fitness, I suppose, in that well, case. Especially at that time, because uh, the, 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 the time of the, the, the year, you know, uh, so I went at the wrong time, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, and uh, that's all that they were doing, really. So I, I never went back there. I, 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 I gave that up and, uh, and went away, you know. And eventually, eventually, I mean, I, I used to play... Uh, Obviously, at the same time playing Sunday football and that. Right. Um, so that's where me and Phil got together again because we were at school together as well, obviously. Right. So we got together, uh, played Sunday football with a team for that to see. Uh, and uh, I ended up um, end up uh, playing with those guys from my Sunday team. We got picked up to play for Cobham. Right. Uh, Non-league, you know. Amateur football. Yeah. Uh, so about six of us went down to uh, Cobham, and we played for Cobham. Uh, and uh, the, the manager at the time was a school teacher, and he was a school teacher. One of the guys who came with me to Cobham. Cobham. Right. Uh, so we, we we were playing there, and then towards the end of the season, we played Epsom Yule, uh, and that's where it all started. You know, after we played Epsom Yule, um, the season after. Epsom Yule came in for us, you know, yeah. uh, me, me and Phil, and, and took us to down there. And they were playing in the, I think it was called the Athenian League back in those those times. So they were upper level from Cobham, clearly. But, was he, uh, Epsom, Epsom were playing in the, the Surrey Senior League. Right, okay. Surrey right. Senior League, yeah. And, I mean, I, I, we did a little bit of research on your career and your and your football life. Um, and I didn't realise you played in the the first FA Vars final. You you played was that at Wembley, I presume, for for, for Epsom. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. We got the final. I couldn't believe it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we were in we were in the Surrey Senior League. Yeah. Against we're playing against an Isthmian League side. Yeah, a higher level. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Hoddleston. Right. Yeah. And we we got to the final. I don't know how we got there. <laughs> But, but we, we 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 got to the final. We played at Wembley, and uh, uh, myself and Phil. I think Phil was injured at that time, but he he still he still wanted to play. You know, of course, yeah. Um, obviously, you go to Wembley. He wants to, you know, you give it a go, really. You know what I mean? So uh, we ended up uh, playing there, and, but we lost the game. Obviously. Right. Yeah, we lost the game, but yeah, it was a great experience. I mean, walking out of Wembley, you know, at that time, you know. So runners-up medal at the old Wembley Stadium for you. That's that's not many players. Not many players can can say that they played at the you know the uh, the the kind of uh, pinnacle of the of the of the football world, really, wasn't it? The old stadium. Yeah, wow. yeah. And um, you signed as a pair for Millwall in October or just before October, nineteen seventy-five. How did how how did you get to hear of the interest in uh, in in your you know from from the Lions? Well. I... There was a guy who was had a link with Millwall and, and Epsom and Yule, I think, or, or he was just a scout. Right. I think Buxton, Ted Buxton, his name was. Right. He he, uh, he was, uh, I think he was scout and that at Tottenham for uh, Terry Venables, when Venables was manager of Tottenham. Um, but he was he was a good man, uh, and uh, he he spotted he spotted us, uh, and. Uh, Eventually, four of us went from Epsom to Millwall for trials. Right. We played in the reserve teams in midweek games, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it come out of that that uh, ended up um, Millwall saying, well, uh, yes uh, to me and Phil, but no to the other two guys. Right. We got through it. Wonderful. I mean, I well said this to Phil. Um, I well remember the excitement. And because you, you know, you were the first black players to sign for the Lions, and this caused a real um, sense of—I don't know what the right word is—but it's like excitement, buzz, you know, to to see because this, this was going to be an unusual event. And we are talking about 1975, a long, long time ago now. Um, what was your first impressions of of Millwall as a as, as a young um, a young player straight out of the non non league world into this um, unique club i mean it's it's it, you know you need to be a strong character to make it at millwall trevor don't you uh yes um in a sense yes uh 
but it's it's down to you at the end of the day. I mean, you, you've got to make the, the best you can of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, we we just gra- grabbed the opportunity. You know, I mean, uh, I mean, the, 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 as I say, the, the most I did play for uh, a professional club was in the youth team at Fulham, because I was at Fulham as a youth player. Right. Okay. From about fifteen till about eighteen, you know. Uh, so that was my first taste of it. And then when Millwall came in later on, you know, um, yeah, I, I didn't know too much about Millwall at that time, you know. <laughs> I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what to expect. I'd never, I, you know, uh, and there was a lot of, uh, when I got there, there was a lot of hoo-ha going on about, you know, uh, Millwall and uh, yeah. racism and all that sort of stuff. And I, I, did, I didn't take much notice, you know what I mean? It, it's, it, 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 I mean, it's it's strange that uh, a lot of people think of Mill as you know a racist club, but I mean I, I didn't find that. I, I didn't find that at all. It's interesting. I mean, I, I, obviously, I you know remember those times, and you know it was a different world. There weren't many black players around at that time. You were you and Phil were amongst the very first best known um, players. You were pioneers in a way, but. I, I wonder whether you felt like a pioneer at the time, or were you just a, a young player wanting to make a career and, and make a go of things? Uh, exactly, the latter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we just we just wanted to play football, you know, uh, at, at some sort of level, you know. Yeah, uh, and that came along. Millwall came along, and that was it. We we jumped it, you know. I mean, you you know, your, your debut was um, October 1975, Mansfield, a one 0 win. Um, I remember it well, and I remember Phil scoring in his debut, which is quite an achievement. Um, and your first goal came, I've written it down on my list, was against Rotherham in um, in the 65th minute, just a, I think it was later on in the October. All um, the glamour, Rotherham. <laughs> the glamour size. Well, this was Division Three football, Trevor. It must have seemed, did it seem like a tough world compared with the non-league scene? Or you both seemed to slip into the team almost fully formed like you you were born for it almost you, you both looked um first team players from the very start I felt at the time well I had, a, I, I had, a, had some experience as I say at professional clubs yeah uh, as a young player um so yes um it was it, it got harder as it went on sort of thing you know uh when we when we started off we were you, there wasn't any expectation you know yeah. Uh, when first we when we first started playing, uh, um, so no one knew what to expect. We didn't know what to expect. You know, we was expecting it to be really, really tough. You know, yeah. Uh, everything seemed to fall into place for us. You know, as you said, Phil scored on the, on the first game we we played together at, yeah. at the club, uh, and uh, I laid it on for it. It was a header from me to. Did Phil. you? I, I right. <laughs> <laughs> the head of me to Phil when Phil put it in, you know. So, I mean, we hit the ground running, you know. I mean, that was, you couldn't ask for any better than that, you know what I mean? Absolute um, dream start. It was a wonder, yeah, wonderful, wonderful day. I remember it well. Um, yeah, dream start. And, and it, you know, it was a funny old season because the initial part of the season, you know, the, the excitement of your arrival, your, your joint arrival, a part the, the first part of that season was, you know, we were kind of middle for diddle, really, in the table. But, Things really took hold from Christmas onwards, the, the kind of the post-Christmas 1976 period when the, the promotion run really started. And it was immensely exciting as a fan. What was it like to be part of that, coming in from Epsom and being part of that promotion drive? It was, it, it was great. I mean, we couldn't, we, we couldn't believe it, you know. That, uh, <laughs> we, well, I mean, we, we went on a hell of a run. I mean, we, we, we were unbeaten for something like about 15, 16 games yeah, or something like that. Absolutely, know? yeah. Uh, and that was to the end of the season, and then there's, and then there, towards the end, the last few games, uh, Brighton game, and uh, yeah. uh, where we needed to win at home, um, and uh, and and all the things coming out of uh, Crystal Palace from <laughs> Malcolm Allison, right? Those <laughs> <laughs> of stuff coming out about him, you know, from from him saying, you know. Uh, Millwall shouldn't get promoted. We're a better side of them. We should go up, and all that sort of stuff was going on, you know. So that, so that spurred us on as well, you know. 
Yeah, he, well, he was a flamboyant man, Big Mel, wasn't he? Um, you know, he, he certainly, um, he certainly um, whips it up a little bit. I mean, I remember going to Crystal Palace, and, and I, I think Phil told me he didn't play in this game, but you both did. This was the nil-nil draw at um, Selhurst Park, which had played in front of 38,000 people, Trevor. It's, I mean, that, that must have seemed a world away from Epsom and Yule and, you know, the couple of hundred people perhaps that would have watched yeah it was i mean uh, i listened to uh you uh interview um phil yeah phil, phil phil always says this he says it's better being it's better being slaughtered by you know uh uh 35 people but it is by <laughs> By 200, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh when he said that. I, 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 I didn't really have a right post to that. That's so true. Um, 38,000 at uh, Sellers Park, and you've, you've mentioned the game, the, the, the goal and the game that I still think of even now occasionally, all these years later, the, the free one win over Brighton. Um, I'd never seen an overhead goal scored before, Trevor, and you you the first player I'd ever seen live. I've seen it on, you know, Brazilians have done it, um, but I'd never seen it actually in in the in the flesh. An overhead kick goal against Brighton that put us one goal up, I think, at the time. It was a three-one win in the end. That was that was an amazing moment. That was that was a that was a turning point for me that we had a real chance of promotion. Yeah, you know? that was the game that defined it for me. You know, um, and uh, yeah, we we went on to do. Uh, do the business and uh, and get promoted, uh, but uh, uh, that goal was uh, there was a story about that that goal. We uh, at that time Gordon Jago had brought in brought in a, a guy called Romark. Yes, I remember. Him. Right? Yeah, I remember Romark. <laughs> yeah, you remember, remember Romark? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Romark, Romark used to get each individual player and he'd take them into a, a small room. Uh, at the ground, and what he'd do is he'd sort of like uh, just ask you shut your eyes and <laughs> you know, and just think of think of the blank, you know, just think of a blank black wall, you know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> he, he he pulled me in there, and that, I went in there and I shut my eyes, and he said to me, he said to me uh, as he as he was talking to me, he said, "Think of yourself scoring a spectacular goal, right?" Right, and I thought, I thought, okay, I'll, I'll do that. So anyway, <laughs> and that goal came up. That overhead kick actually came up in my mind, and I, I said to my Mark, he said to me, um, "What did you?" Wish? I said, uh, "Overhead kick." So I said, so "I said, yeah, overhead kick." He said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, okay." Uh, and when I scored that goal, you could see him. You know, he, he was nearly running on the pitch. You know, because <laughs> I told him before the before the game. You know. Uh, but it was a really strange experience. Really strange. I think that they call that, um, it's like a, a, a picturing what you're going to do. I think it's become like a, a sports um, psychology yeah, thing nowadays. But yeah, yeah. But that's what it was. It, it was it was picturing that. And when you, I mean, you've got to have the opportunity to do that, obviously. Um, but there was the opportunity. So automatically, I just went into what I went into. I went for the overhead kick, you know. Well, thank you, thank you, you, but thank you, Romark, as well. In that, I never knew that he had an influence on that goal. Yeah, yeah. He apparently put a curse on Palace because he went to work with Palace and Malcolm Anderson shoved him across. And he went, Right, you're not getting promoted now, and you're going to get knocked out of the FA Cup. <laughs> Romark, he was um, just for younger listeners who might be listening to this wondering who Romark was, he was like a TV. Uh, like a Darren Brown or someone like that, a little bit. He, he was like a TV magician, but not a magician. He, he's like a mystic. Mystic. Mystic is a good yeah. word. Yeah. Well, he certainly. We say the best one about him was that he once um, decided he was going to drive down a road blindfolded. That's and, right. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he, he went straight into the back of a parked police car. That's uh, right. Yeah. His, his excuse was that logic told him it wouldn't be there. <laughs> Remember, you were a member of a wonderful squad of Millwall players. I mean, I'm just looking at the teams that you've, you, you know, the, te- the names in the, in the team: Kitchener, um, Terry Brisley, um, Dave Donaldson, John Seisman. Um, what, what, what kind of player was Barry Kitchener? He's got a legendary status at the club. He, he had it then, but he, especially nowadays, 
how did he how did how did you find Barry and, and, and do you have any 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 memories of Barry in particular? Uh, I can't find the words words to express what Barry was at the club. I mean he was uh, as as you will know yourself, he was Mr Mr Millwall. Yeah. And uh, I mean if you're a young player coming in, he had a major influence on you, you know? Yeah. He 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 was like a he was like a sort of like a, a an older brother, you know? Right. Um, and he, that's the way he was on the field as well, you know? He'd be directing people, he'd be talking, encouraging people, uh, like a, a captain's supposed to. But he, he, he was a bigger influence on, on, on Millwall Football Club as a player. Absolutely. And, and Phil said he, he kind of, um, you know, was, he took you both under his wing slightly, being youngsters that's coming in, into the side, looked out for you a little bit, which is, you yeah. know... It's, it's kind of thing you hope you hear about a player because obviously as a fan you don't you don't get to hear that side of it, but it's the kind of thing that you hope would happen. And clearly, what well, that was the man, you know. Oh, he was the man. He was the man. Uh, you know, everybody looked up to him. Uh, I say everybody. You know. Yeah. He he had that sort of influence on the team. You know. You're listening to Achtung Noel. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How did you find Gordon Jago as a manager? I mean, he... he I always felt he was a, he was a forward-looking, um, probably a little bit ahead of his time in some ways as a as a manager. Did you find that as a player? Was he was he um, a good manager from your point of view? Did you did you enjoy working for him? Oh uh, yes, uh, um, he um, he influenced us quite a bit. He was fairly laid back uh, uh, the way the way he um, uh, managed a football team. Uh, he wasn't a runner and a raver, you know what I mean? Right. Okay. Um, he used, to, he used to leave that up to Theo Foley. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask about Theo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, God bless him, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, but, I mean, uh, I mean, clearly Theo was the um, the kind of more, uh, in, the immediate kind of voice in the dressing room, I take it, than, than Golden Jago? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, um, I mean, we in the end, the, the happy ending to the season, we got promoted. I think it was a... Um, a win at Swindon that sealed it. Or the, the, the Palace had to had to lo- lose or draw, I think, and I and that, that actually put us up in the end, and that that led us on to Division Two next season. Um, yeah. No, it was Romark that put us up. Romark, I think. Trevor Lee and Phil Walker assisted strongly, and so, and John Seisman and, and Phil Summerall just looking here. Um, I mean, I remember a huge game the following season, Trevor, when we beat Chelsea at home 3-0. Well, that must have been a wonderful, wonderful day to be on the pitch. It was a greatly enjoyable experience on, on, on the terrace in that day. Yes, it was. Um, uh, my my uh, boyhood um, team at that time. Um, Chelsea. Yeah, Chelsea. Because, I, I mean, I lived in Battersea. Uh, Battersea is just over the river from... You know, Fulham and Stanford Bridge, yeah, Stanford yeah. Bridge, yeah. yeah. You know, Craven Cottage and Stanford Bridge. So that was the they were the nearest clubs to where I lived at the time. You know, so all the kids in my area, Chelsea sports. So we always go to Chelsea. You go uh, stand in a shed, you know, and uh, yeah, and support Chelsea. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah, um, it was a big thing, and uh, 
no, we never thought it was going to be that easy, to tell you the truth, uh, playing Chelsea at the, at the old den. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, great win. Great win. We we like to think at Millwall that the atmosphere at our games is is some you know is, is is exceptional. And how was it for you as a player being on the pitch at Coldblow Lane when it was on on its day? I mean, was it was, was could you could you sense the atmosphere? Was it was it was it loud? Was it um, you know how did it feel to be a part of that on the pitch? Oh, it was uh, it was bubbling inside. You know, um, yeah. The thing the thing was as well. The thing about it as well is that. The, the the supporters were so close to the pitch <laughs> that it, it felt as if they were standing next year. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, they probably were. <laughs> it was quite yeah, close. They were, they were less, yeah. <laughs> it was a very tightly packed stadium. I mean, you must have heard everything that came your way, Trevor. I mean, I um, I wanted uh, you know to ask. I mean, how did you deal with the abuse? You these were different times. You would have got racial abuse. You would have got footballing abuse I suppose if you want to put it that way how did you handle that personally did it did it did it hurt at the time did it wash over you how did you you cope with that um I mean you learn that from a young age I mean well some people do you know um and I learned it from a young age and uh, I knew there was always being going to be a problem obviously because I experienced it when I was younger uh, right. so when I when I was planning you know that situation um it uh, it wasn't so much of a problem. Uh, it, it's uh, beyond more, more than anything else um, to think that people thought I was that good a player that they they wanted to try and put me off my game. You know. Yes. Yeah. So so I, I took that as a positive, uh, and I used that to get myself going. You know, to to build myself up and to uh, 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 have more experience of playing the game. Uh, um, so that, that that was more of a help, more than a hindrance. You know, uh, doesn't matter where you go in life, uh, you you're gonna have have the problem. Not only just football grounds, you know, as a player, no, no but on the, street, on the streets, uh, wherever, you know. So you've got to be able to put up with it. You've got to be able to say, well, I'm rising above that, and I'm gonna get on with what I want to do. You know, uh, and that's and that's what you have to do. I mean, you, you played most of your career at Millwall. I don't know about the latter clubs. I'll ask about those in a little bit. But certainly at Millwall, you played most of your career on the wing. So you're going to be close to the fans. And um, hopefully most of the Millwall's support were on your side. But yeah. you, had an, you had an ability to get past players, Trevor. And I don't know how you did it. I wonder if you can tell me how you did it sometimes. But you could get past a player with a ball at your feet. Somehow you'd get past him in a way that, Standing watching, I thought, "How did you do that? How did you get past in there?" It was, it was, it was an incredible thing to watch. I mean, this we, we touched on it earlier, but I mean, as, as as an instinctive player, can you explain how you would beat a man, or was it just um, <laughs> in the moment that you just you just did it? You know, how how did it work in your head? Yeah, it's not it's more in my legs. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I I I I've got a two liter engine inside me. And uh, <laughs> Trevor said that, listen, just as I had a gulp of water and nearly sprayed it all over the microphone. <laughs> I like that, I like that analogy. Um, I mean, I, 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 it must be hard to hear praise sometimes, but honestly, you could do things that I, you know, um, other players couldn't, and I suppose that's the best answer of all to anyone that wants to barrack you from the terracing really isn't it you give it back to them on the pitch you know and that's well, what that's you do right. that's all that's all that's all players can do is you know perform on the pitch uh, and that's an answer for everything you know you can't argue with that can you really no you know um you know and that's and that's just taking it really as uh as uh, it's not really important as such because you know people there's, a, there's some people out there, uh, you know, come across as quite ignorant, you know. Yeah. And it's it's ignorance why why there's a problem with racism. It's it's not racism as such. It's ignorance, you know. Um, and uh, I've always believed it. Uh, you know, lack of education. You know. I agree. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. It's lack um, of education because uh, at the end of the day, people who don't know, right? We'll take it a, a different way, you know. Uh, and if they don't know too many black people, uh, and 
you know, how do they know um, what life's all about in in their households? And 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 uh, uh, it it's just it's just total ignorance, you know. Absolutely. And nowadays, nowadays, by rights, by rights, nowadays you should not be. No one should be ignorant. I mean, there's a thing called the internet. And uh, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. you, you, can, you can learn. You can learn anything you want on the internet, right? You shouldn't have ignorant people anymore. You should. It shouldn't be. No, no, that's it that's a. Be. It should be. Very good point. Um, it's sad that we still deal with it, um, but that's yeah. Sad. Sad. I mean, just on that. I mean, when going back to the seventies, and we we spoke to Phil last week as well. You know, you got a lot of more coverage than most of your predecessors at Millwall. Um, you know, I've showed you the, the, the annuals that you're featured in kind of thing. And one of the pictures I showed you earlier was um, a feature on black players in the UK. You know, you're listed alongside um, Till Regis, uh, Vince Allaire, um, Laurie Cunningham. You're up there with, you know, the rest of them, really. Did you feel that, you know, recognise that, you know, you stood out um, at Millwall and you received more attention than most other players? Because, you know, me and Nick have spoke about it before when we've you know, been doing the fanzine in the annuals. You know, you were in shoot and you were doing you know, the profiles and things like that. You can't find them for like John Seisman and your teammates, but you were quite prolific in terms of magazine features and um, football annuals at the time. I think it, I think it was an un, unusual, unusual sight to see black players playing in professional football, you know? Yeah. Um, mm. And I think, I think as well, they used, they used the Millwall thing um, because it was unusual, you know? It was a very unusual situation to have two black players at Millwall, you know? Um, and I, and I, think, I think they built that up, you know? I mean, the, the, the amount of, when we first signed, the amount of uh, newspapers and uh, magazines and people come down, take photographs and, you know, I mean, it's a bit over the top, really. I mean, we even appeared on uh, page three in the sun. <laughs> I don't remember that. Uh, yeah. Oh, mate. <laughs> they're all coming down. They're all coming down taking photographs. Oh, mate. It's well over the top. Did I read that you signed your contracts on television, Trevor? I, I read that on, and I never knew that. I, I, I thought I'd ask you that we'd be talking, but I, I, I hadn't heard that before. You signed it on a an ITV um program i understand is that correct yes that's correct that's correct yeah wow. okay myself i think i was the first professional footballer to sign live on tv <laughs> wow i mean i only well, read that read, read that yesterday after we spoke and i read that i, I didn't not know that at all uh, yeah that's quite remarkable really, isn't it but yeah oh. yeah my, oh. it, was, it, it was myself and uh gordon jago that went to the studio and uh and uh they went on a program and I signed live on, on, on TV. It was, it was a program that was on about six o'clock or up past six or something. Yeah, like, like the early news show type yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. The Bill Grundy yeah, show. After the news, <laughs> after the news yeah. 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 Well, I'd never heard that, so I learned something yesterday oh. after we spoke. Phil must have been annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I will, we've mentioned a couple of great, great games, uh, and one more goal I want to remind you of, if you have a memory of it now. New Year's Day, 1977, Wolves won all. You scored. Uh, I remember. <laughs> in a one-all draw. Well, I, 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 th I thought I remembered it, and then I read that it was a header. I thought you'd shot from yeah. the edge of the penalty area, but I, it was a header, apparently. And I, I thought, my, my memory's going now. It was a header? Was that, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, we're, I think we were losing one nil. One nil. Yeah, that's yeah, right. We losing, I think we were losing one nil, and uh, and then I equalised. You know, um, but that was a big game. Yeah, that was a big goal. That was most of the goals I scored were sort of like. I, I, to, to be fair, I don't remember a lot of them. Do you not? <laughs> no, I don't. And the only reason, the only reason I get to re remember them is is to do with the mill supports. I don't, I don't need to remember them because they remind me. They remind me of the goals and the matches and what I did and all that. I don't have to remember them. I go to, I go to the den, I go up in the lounge area, meet a few, a few of the lads in there and, and they're telling me about games I played in, home and away and, uh, you know, so, 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 so. you scored that day. And 
I'll go, did I? And, they, <laughs> and they're, they're telling me, they're telling me the story of my football career at Millwall. I mean, you know, it's brilliant. <laughs> I, I, I thought you had an exceptional memory, Trevor. It turns out everyone else knows. <laughs> <laughs> I actually remember when you came back, when you made your first appearance, because you went off the radar for a bit, didn't you? You only um, got back in touch because you got a new mobile phone. But I remember when you came back, they used to bring the players on the pitch quite a lot, and Phil Walker had been a few times. But I remember when you came back, and I remember this, I took a photo, and it's one of the few times I've taken a photo of the den with my phone, and then put it straight on Facebook saying, look, I'm six again, it's Phil Walker. <laughs> and you got a really good round of, you know, round of applause and a good reception. Yeah. Because, you know, you were the missing one for years that no yeah. one could find you. And it was yeah, really good to I'm see you both missing, back on the yeah. pitch, yeah. Yeah, there wasn't, wasn't, wasn't the best years of my life uh, that period. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I digress. <laughs> it's, it's great to have you back. How does it feel, Trevor? Because you seem like a fairly... Uh, humble man, if I'm, you know, in, in the best sense of the word. Um, how does it feel to know that you made such an impact on so many people? It must be quite a strange feeling sometimes. It is really, yes. Um, uh, for, for me and Phil, it was it was just to play football. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, there wasn't anything more than that. I mean, um, uh, I, I, I mean, nowadays it seems to be more about you know money you can make and all that sort of stuff. Back in back in our day, um, it was all about playing professional football. You know, we wanted to play. You know, yeah. Uh, it didn't matter matter what it what it meant. It, we 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 just wanted to play. And uh, I mean, I mean, I I was I, I've been I've been on building sites, working and all that sort of stuff. You know, British labourer and bloody general labourer and all sorts of different jobs. So. When it came to time, I mean, I was. I, I, when it came to the time to start professional at, uh, at Millwall, um, we we really tore Jago's arm off. You know what I mean? Because because uh, because I mean, and, and we signed a contract. And I'll tell you what the contract was for. I signed my contract right for fifty pound a week. Right? Really? Fifty pound a week. Right? <laughs> I was on the building site. I was earning one hundred and fifty pound a week. So it wasn't, it wasn't about money. It wasn't about money. It was about the game. Yeah. It was about the game itself. And yeah. so I, I gave up. I gave up 150 pound a week for, for 50. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I couldn't have been happier. That's incredible. That's incredible. I got the old bonus. <laughs> I hope you had a scoring bonus. Um, you left us sadly in 1978 um, under yeah. George Petchy, um, which was a difficult season for the club. Generally, what was the circumstances of that happening, Trevor? What, what, did you did you want to leave, or, or did you you know was there anything behind that, or did the club want to sell you? What what was the what was the background to that? Um, George Petchy, he was right. the background. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything you can share, or, <laughs> or not? Well, uh, yeah, George 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 Petchy. Um, um, he, he, well, this is what he told me when he, he pulled me into his office. Um, he said that uh, I'm just uh, just about to sign uh, a player called Tony Towner. Tony Towner, I remember him, yeah, very uh, well. So he said, Tony Towner plays more or less in your position, right? So uh, he said, uh, he said, so you won't be playing too many games in the first team, you'll be in the reserves. Uh, and uh, he said, that's the situation. I said, oh, okay. Um, so once he said that, I said to him, um, so uh, who's coming for me? <laughs> <Right. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> who's coming for me? I said, who's coming for me? I said, I'm not staying here if you don't want me here. Yeah. So, because uh, I'm, I'm not going to stay anywhere where the manager that does more won't be there. So I'm a waste of time. You're all wasting your career, yeah. you know? Uh, you you know stagnating in the, the reserves or something. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. You know, I want to keep my career going. going. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, so I I said, who's coming for me? He, he said, well, we've had an offer from Colchester United. Yeah. So I said, so I said, we'll get in touch with the manager there and uh, and we'll sort something out. So that's what happened. Uh, got in touch with a guy called Bobby Roberts, who was the manager then at Colchester United. Right. 
uh, and uh, I ended up going down there. And you were a player of a season, um, 78-79 season, that, that same season actually. Player yeah. of a season at Colchester. At a, at, a, at a great time at Colchester. I mean, I never, I never wanted to leave London, really. No. Uh, but, uh, you know, through circumstances, um, I, I had to leave. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, had a good time there. Just, just, for, just, for instance, just for an instance, I just remembered that when George Pesci first turned, turned up the club, it was a Friday uh, afternoon that the players first saw him, right? And it was at the den. We were doing a warm up round the pitch. We were running around the pitch on a warm up. And uh, George Petchy came in. And as soon as he came in at, at the tunnel and come out on, under the pitch, right, there were four, three or four players who automatically took off their, their uh, vest thing, you know? Yeah, the big, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vest. yeah. They took the vest off and chucked it on the ground and walked off. Uh, and and one of the players was Terry Brisley, right? Yeah. yeah. One, one was um, uh, Ray Goddard, the goalkeeper. Another Orient, ex-Orient player as well. Yeah. It's yeah. Good. It's, it's, it, they're all Orient players. Yeah. So they, they knew he, him. He he. Well, he had got rid of all of them from Orient to <laughs> end up at Millwall. <laughs> so when he when he took over the job at at Millwall. These guys are players he's, he's chucked out of the club. I mean, Orient, he's, he's got them out of the club and sent them somewhere else. So, and yeah, and yeah. Now, he's, now he's coming to Millwall and they're there. <laughs> so they just thought, as soon as he turned up, they thought, well, that's me finished, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to play for this club again. <laughs> and they just took their tops off and chucked it on the, on the, on the ground, on the pitch, and walked off. Uh, but very fair, brother. Yeah, another good player. Yeah, that's right. He was a, he was another. He was as well, you know. I mean, I mean Brisley, Goddard, and, and yourself—all good servants of the club. I mean, each of those players, yourself included, strong, strong players from Millwall. I mean, how did you? Petchy wasn't. Let's, let's be honest. Petchy was not a popular manager at the den. He, he, he didn't succeed. Um, I think that was a relegation season. After you left, we went on to be relegated. Um, how did you find him? Leaving aside your own. You know your your own um, thing, yeah. yeah thing there. I mean, how did you find him as a manager? Was did you? I never, did... I, I never got to know him to tell you the truth. I wasn't there that long. <laughs> so you you were out pretty much almost as he I arrived. Was out more or less, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it wasn't long after he came to the club that I I, I had to go. Right. You know? You're listening to Achtel Noor. I mean, you 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 were a success at, at at Colchester. I mean, I'm just looking at your scoring right there. You. Uh, Millwall he, Hunt. He actually scored against Millwall. Um, Trevor scored against Millwall. I didn't know that. In a three-one <laughs> victory, and I know yeah. this because that was the game Mel Blythe was arrested on the pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get him off the show. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I scored that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to be fair, to be fair, the Millwall fans were brilliant. After the game, they clapped me off. What right? about during the game, Trevor? Were they? Give me... <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you expect you expect a bit of bad day, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, being yeah, yeah. back to the club, like you know what I mean. You expect it, you know. Uh, and I just took it in good faith. But after yeah, the game, yeah, once yeah. the game was finished, uh, they they clapped me off. You know what I mean? And uh, I, I, I was I was elated. You know what I mean? To think that you know they still obviously saw me in that way. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was it was a great experience. You know, very good experience. A very popular player you were. I mean, that's 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 the truth. I'm just looking at your scoring rate at um, Colchester. You scored more goals in less appearances at Colchester, so you're clearly happy there. You clearly enjoyed your time. That would be in the old Layer Road Stadium, wouldn't it, in Colchester that you played at? That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The, um, the 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 thing is, the thing is, is why is why why I did so well at Colchester is uh, because they played me as a centre forward. Not a winger. They weren't on the wing. You no, were, they, uh, play, uh, they play me as a centre forward. Right. Because their centre forwards at that time were injured. So they were looking for someone to play up front for them. And you enjoyed so, that role? You, you like you like that position? I said, I'd, I, I said to them, I'll give it a go. Because when they brought me to the club, the manager said, um, right, OK, uh, we're, we're, the way we, we're going to set up, uh, we want you to play out in the middle. I said, well, you bought me as a winger, didn't you? Hmm. He said, he said, yeah, we brought you as a winger, but we've seen something in you that 
we think you would make a good centre forward. So he said, he said, we, we've got two good wingers. We've got a guy from Exeter who, who, who joined us, Bobby, um, Bobby Hodge. We've got a guy, a guy on the left wing called Ian Allenson, who played for Arsenal. Remember, he got at Arsenal. Remember the name. Yeah. Ian, yeah. Ian Allenson. Uh, yeah. Allenson, yeah. Uh, and he, we got him on the left. He said, well, we've got no one in the middle. He said, You're good in the air. You can, you know, you know hmm. jump with. You know, the tallest of centre half, you can beat them in the air, yeah, uh, and whatever. So, we'd like to play you at the middle. So, that's what I did. I, I played at the middle, I tried it out. Uh, that's what he wanted. But I, the thing was, I couldn't stop scoring. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> uh, terrible when that happens. We've had a few strikers who, who managed to get over that and stop yes. scoring altogether. <laughs> Oh, 35 goals in 96 appearances. Um, I think that was the early, kind of very early 80s that you were there, Trevor. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, after Colchester, I mean, you, Northampton, you played it, I think, and, and a game at Fulham, one game at Fulham. Um, and, you, you know, you turned the game in after, it was a 10-year career for you, wasn't it? You turned the game in in the early 30s. Yeah. What led you to turn it in? Is that still, you still... Did you not feel you had a couple of years left in you? Or was it injury? What what happened? It was injury, yeah. Injury. Yeah, it's injury. Injury problems to me back. Right. Um, I had um done something to me back and uh, I was at Northampton at the time. Um and uh had a, a back injury before I went to Northampton. Um but before I went to Northampton, uh, I had a word with Theo Foley. I, I was up at Crystal Palace. Um driving and, and all of a sudden there's a traffic jam and I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the motor and I thought, what's going on down there? Great big traffic jam. And anyway, I got out of the motor, right, turned the engine off, got out of the motor and I was looking down the road and then as I turned around and looked behind me, I see a geezer standing in the street. It's Theo. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's in the traffic jam with me, like, you know, but he's yeah. about two or three cars back, you know. <laughs> so we both got out of the cars. We went to we each other. Yeah, hug and that, you know. How are you? Yeah, yeah, you sort of thing. And he went, he said, What, was, was, what are you doing? I said, Well, nothing at the moment. I said, I'm, I'm looking for a club. He goes, Don't worry. He said, I'll get you down at Northampton. He said, Because he, he he played for Northampton. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, and I, he said, I'll get you down at Northampton and uh, we'll sort you out something there, you know. So that's what that's how I went down there, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, after after about um, about ten games in the season, uh, I got an injury in my back, and right. uh, that put me out for quite a while. Um, and in the end, I had to stop playing. I had to stop playing uh, uh, because it, it was so bad. Like you know what I mean? I could hardly run. You know. I mean, it's um, noticeable. You, you, your scoring rate there. I mean, twenty-four appearances, but no goals. This is nineteen eighty-five. Yeah. And then uh, was that a loan at Fulham, or was or did you sign for Fulham? How did that come to play one one appearance there? Uh, Ray Hartford, remember yeah. Ray Hartford, yeah, yeah. 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 Ray, Ray Hartford was the assistant manager at Colchester when I was there. Right. Okay. And Ray Hartford uh, took over at Fulham, didn't he? Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that, that was a link. Yeah, and mm. uh, that's how that. I mean, uh, one. They they had injuries uh, to their strikers, and uh, uh, I was um, I was uh, had still had problems with me back. So he asked me to come in to see him. So I came in, I went up to the cottage and uh, got to see him and had a word with him. And he said, "We need someone to play at practice, you know." So I said, "Well, well, okay." I said, "I said I'm not fully fit. I'm, you know, I've got a few problems with my back." Mm. He said, well, well, we'll have a look at it and, and see how you do. Anyway, uh, I played one game. Uh, and uh, after the game, he wanted to give me a contract, right? to sign a contract. And I said, well, really, my back needs to get sorted out first before I sign a contract. And he said, no, 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 don't worry about that. He says, I'll sign you the contract now and we'll sort it out later. He, he, he said, this is the contract. And I went, I can't live on that. <laughs> it was not fifty pound a week again, was it? <laughs> <laughs> I can't live on that, right? You know what I mean? So anyway, yeah. well, that's all I can do at the moment. I said, well, you know, I'll have to leave it, Rave. You know, 
I've had yeah. an offer. I've had an offer. I said to him to go to Ireland and play in Ireland for uh, uh, St. Patrick's Athletic. Okay. Right? Yeah. St. Pat's. St. Pat's. Yeah, remember. Dublin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dublin. Yeah. Uh, so I went out to, to Dublin, and the, the guys there used to the, the manager there used to fly me out every every uh, uh, Friday because uh, I was living in Thornton Heath then, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they used to fly me out every Friday, uh, and then put me up in the hotel, and then on a Saturday I'd go training. Yeah. yeah? Uh, after the training session on a Sunday we played a game. Yeah. Right. And. On the Monday, I'd fly back. Right? Okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I did that. I did that for about what? About three months, something like that. Uh, but that was uh, that was great. I mean, uh, I loved it <laughs> there in Ireland. Yeah, people were fantastic. Yeah, I bet. Did you did yeah, you back did your back improve or did it did it still kind of haunt it, you it, out there? It was, the <clears throat> it was still the same. But the thing was, I, I, I couldn't run. Right? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I did the. You know, I managed to get through that three months because, I mean, I couldn't run for it properly. You know, right. I was in pain. Um, but every time I got the ball, right, I'd, <laughs> I'd wait and I'd, I'd give it to somebody, you know, yeah. in, in a scoring position. And these lads were just banging them in the back of the net, you know. But they were praising me, you know, because I laid the goal on. But at the end of the day, I couldn't run. I couldn't run. <laughs> that's, that's called experience. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah <laughs> that now. Right. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> what was your, your you know, your, your career came to an end. I mean, it must have left you feeling many players don't know what to do with themselves in their post-footballing life. How did you handle not being in the game anymore? It must have been quite a, uh, a I suppose, a loss in, in a way. Or, or, did you did your life prior to, to coming into professional football serve you well? Um, yes, I'll tell you why. It's because we had experienced life. Yeah. Before we became professional footballers, we experienced real life. You know. Yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of young players nowadays don't experience that, and uh, that's a disadvantage to them, because the professional football is all they know. Yeah. They don't no, they don't know how to go out there and survive, you know, no. uh, at a young age, you know, uh, which I think they should all be all be um, given the opportunity to see what's going on um, in and around wherever they live or whatever. They should be should be know how special it is in the position they are uh, and, and take it very seriously. Take it very seriously, because I mean that's that. I mean, the amount of players who have come out and non-league, like Jamie Vardy and people like, they know what it's like to go out and graft. You know what I mean? They, absolutely, they, yeah, absolutely. They know what it's, you know how tough it is out there, right? And when when they get the opportunity, like Vardy has, you know, and players like him, uh, they, they grab it. They grab it. They, they won't won't let it go because it's it's something that they really really wanted you know through their lives and, and now they've got it they don't want to let it go you know so yeah um it, more experience uh for for younger players uh other than just playing football that's yeah. interesting i i mean I, I i would i would agree with that i've never been had the talent to be a professional footballer but I would, it does strike me that many it's like a bubble isn't it professional football nowadays can create a an enclosed world away from society, but you you clearly had you'd worked on building sites and you were not you're not unaware of what what life looked like. No, 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 definitely not, definitely not. I mean, it, it opened my eyes. I mean, you know, uh, having to do the jobs I've done uh, in the past uh, before I became a professional footballer, I think it made me hungrier. You know, yeah, you know, it makes you hungrier because you you know what what you want to do. Uh, but you can't, you can't get to it. You know what I mean? You can't get to that stage, um, and, and you know what it's like to having a gap in the morning. At, you know, seven in the morning or so, or half six, and out the guy some buildings up where it's pouring rain, it's snowing. You know, with donkey jacket and the boots on. And, you know what I mean? Standing, standing on, standing on the top of a, a multi-story uh, housing block that the, 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 the council are building, and they've got those concrete walls. Uh, that they they lift by crane, 
Yes. Clean them, clean them up and put them on the side of the building, right? There's no walls there. There's no walls. We've got to put the walls up. I'm working with the engineers, and I? I work with the engineers doing the chalk lines and all that, and I'm right on the edge of a building, you know, with no wall. You know what I mean? Because that's the next wall that's going to go up. <laughs> it makes cold blow lanes seem quite enticing, doesn't it, when you think of it that way? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'd rather, I'd rather put up in plan at the den than have it to go there. <laughs> Outside of outside of the council block. <laughs> Ten years in the game, Trevor. Um, you, you you kind of left the game um, in a sense at the age of thirty-one. Um, did you? I asked this question of Phil, and I don't know if it's a fair question to ask you. But um, do you feel that you should have gone further in the game? Did did you feel that you could have achieved more, or were you happy with the the level that you reached? How do you how do you look back on your career as a you know? This, this far down the line now? Um, we, we, we would all, we, I mean, I mean Phil, Phil probably said the same. We would all uh, like to think that we could have gone further, you know, yeah. as you would, you know. Uh, but you, you accept what's your, what you're given, you know what I mean? I mean, uh, most of the moves I had, I, I didn't have much say in them, you know. I mean, I played for about seven clubs at the end of the day in, in, in England. Yeah. Um, and, uh, there was reasons why, there's always a reason why to move on. You know what I mean? It wasn't my, totally my choice. <laughs> it was, yeah. you know, um, things occurred at that time and I, I was really left with no option, you know what I mean? Than to leave the clubs I, I left, you know? That's why I had so many. If I could have stayed at Mill, I would have done. Well, that was going to be one of my questions to you. I mean, how, how do you... Yeah, yeah. How do you look at Millwall in the context of your career? I mean, how, how do you view it? I guess it was the start of, the, of a career, but how do you how do you see it in your career terms? Do you have fond memories of the of the of, of the then? Without a doubt, without a doubt, yeah. I mean, uh, Millwall gave us our first chance, you know. Yeah. And uh, and uh, they took a chance on us, you know, a big chance, really, because I mean, two two guys from non-league, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, um, you know, to put. To put them in the first team, right, after a very short period of playing reserve team games. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's incredible, isn't it? I mean, you don't just throw, throw two young players in, you know. <laughs> no, you don't. No. No, you don't do that. I mean, you know, you, 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 you let them develop a bit and whatever, you know, in the reserves and whatever and come through, you know, you get experience of, the pace of the game and all that sort of stuff, you know, before you put them in the first team, no, it wasn't the same with me and Phil. Me and Phil was straight in. So straight in. Jago yeah. bugged in there and just went, you know, sink or swim, you know? <laughs> thankfully, you, <laughs> thankfully, you swam. That's, 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 and yeah, you swam, yeah, yeah. swam yeah, very well. Yeah. They must have seen yeah. something. They must have seen yeah. something. You know, they must have thought you were ready. You know, they wanted to just chuck you in, you know, into yeah, the lines then, literally. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's right. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, they sink or swim. You know, and thank God we swam. You know, what do you, Trevor? What 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 do you rate personally as your best game? What was was your favourite, or the, the the best game that you played? How, did you have one in particular, or is it hard to pick? There's a, there's been a few. I mean, we we will always we will always pick games that uh, your our favourite games because of the amount of uh, goals we scored. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> That's what players players will do. You know. Especially strikers you know what I mean yeah say, of course. Oh, you know I scored two or three that day you know that's probably my best game but the one I remember the most was uh, um, I'd scored two goals at Colchester in the League Cup for Millwall yeah uh, and that's that right been, yes you did yeah yeah I remember that uh, and they were two identical headers uh, <laughs> at, the, at the near post I've come in from uh, sort of like the penalty spot Went towards the near post and I banged them in, threw it and banged them in. Both headers, both exactly the same, and we won that. We won that game, I think. Uh, we won it on penalties, I think. It was a, it finished as a penalty shootout, didn't it? It's the same game I'm thinking of. Yeah, there was a first leg that was two one at the den. I, yeah, know, I know oh. that because that was my first game at the den. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah there we are. Yeah. Okay. Show me age again. So that, that, was, <laughs> yeah. that was probably one of my better games. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, I mean, a lot of people, a, a lot of people would probably say that, you know, the Brighton game, but I mean, other than the goal, I can't remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you don't need to remember anything else other than this. <laughs> 
I mean, this, yeah. this is, I mean, we touched on this earlier on. I yeah. mean, I, that's because you were hypnotised. That's why you can't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's, I mean, it's, it's an amazing profession. Being a professional footballer is an amazing thing because, you know, yeah. we, we've touched on the goal earlier on, so we won't go over that. But that overhead goal, the situation, 23,000 in the den. It was a tiny stadium for a crowd of that size. Yeah. And I can still remember that moment now. And that's what we're talking about. They're coming towards 40 years ago, not far short of 40 years ago. And I will always remember that moment because it was one of those standout moments, you know. So to yeah. be uh, to, to be the creator of that, it must it's it's a magic profession, isn't it? It's it's a wonderful profession, really. The impact that you have on other people. Yes. Um I mean, if I, if if I did make an impact on people, you know, I'm 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 very grateful to have played for Millwall because, you know, they they brought things, playing for Millwall brought things out of me, you know, things I didn't know that I had, you know, um, resilience and all that sort of stuff, you know, it, it, that was all brought out, you know, um, and then playing away from home at various clubs and that, you know, for Millwall, you know, it, you no, know, as stated, the song goes. No one likes us. We really don't care. Sort of thing. <laughs> That's right. And, but, but the thing is, is that that, that used to happen happen away from home, and and it was like that. Everybody wanted to have a cup near a wall. You know, no matter where we went, you know, you you would think that Millwall was a massive, massive stadium. You know, the dead, <laughs> you know, and there was a hundred thousand people there. Now I thought something <laughs> chance would be a fine thing. Yeah. <laughs> because that's how that's how people were were reacting to you know. Millwall coming to play at their, at their club, you know that, that's the way people uh, people from other clubs see us, you know. That's wonderful, um, Trevor. It's been an absolute pleasure, personally, to talk to you, mate. Um, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Um, certainly, you made an impact, and I think, as you said earlier, whenever you come back to the den, people still tell you of the impact that you had, and I think that's that must be a wonderful. Things. You certainly had an impact on me personally, and I know that everyone that saw you play, um, it's been lovely to talk to you tonight. As I said, I, I couldn't believe it when you came onto the den that day. I was so excited that you were to walk <laughs> on the pitch. I was like, ah, <laughs> I'm a schoolboy fan again. Going back to the den that day, that, there, there, was a, there was a thing going on. I mean, it, it was going on... Uh, a, in the South London press and various other newspapers, you know, uh, where is he? Where is he? You know what I mean? Uh, where is <laughs> Trevor Lee? Have you seen him and all that? You know, <laughs> and, and, uh, and that's why I, I, one of the guys I, I, I rang into because uh, I, I, I was having big, big problems at that time, you know. Um, and uh, uh, one of the one of the uh, guys uh, from a newspaper gave me a ring, right, and he said. How you doing? I said I'm fine uh, at the moment. I said I've had a, I've had a bit, a bit of a bad, bad time. He said, "Well, people have been searching for you. You know what I mean? Do you live in Tooting? You live in Tooting?" I said, "No, no, I live in Wandsworth." They said, "Oh, that's where we get it wrong. Uh, you, you, you used to drink in such and such a pub." I said, "Yeah, yeah, I used to, but uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a work near, work near that pub. You know what I mean?" Anyway, that's how it started, and then. They invited me down Millwall, and I said, "Okay, I'll, I'll come down." So that's why I ended up on the pitch, you know. They finally got in contact with me, and I, I went, I went to the den and uh, the new den now, and uh, went out on the pitch, and you know, history after that, you know. Biggest cheer be... of the day, I think it was biggest cheer of the day. It was. Yeah, yeah. It must be quite touching for you, Trevor. I mean. It, it... You know, I, I don't know the nature of the problems and the rest of it that you talk about, but it must be quite touching to know there's a place where your name is still um, well thought of, and that your people people look, you know, remember remember the, the the contributions that you made. It must be quite a quite a touching thing for you. I think I think it's more more the appreciation uh, that I I I I um, hold dearly. You know, yeah. That, that there were people who appreciated what I was doing, you know, and that's that that, that was it all for me, you know. That says something uh, uh, that uh, you you can't forget, you know, you can't forget. You appreciate just the appreciation of what I did, uh, and they enjoyed it, you know. That's wonderful. Trevor Lee, 114 appearances for Mill, 1975. The 78, 26 goals. 
as I said at the start, I'll finish it now. One of the most exciting players I ever saw. Thank you very much, Trevor Lee. It's been it's been wonderful. Thank you, Nick. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.